Welcome to the Dog Friendly KW Podcast with your hosts, Justine and Mackenzie on Midtown Radio KW. So today we are continuing our conversation from last week about choosing a reputable breeder when getting a new puppy. So last week we learned lots of important tips when searching for a breeder and today we are going to dive into what to expect when you chat with or visit your breeder for the first time. So let's go. Welcome to the Dog Friendly KW Podcast with your hosts, Justine and Mackenzie on Midtown Radio KW. So today we are continuing our conversation on choosing a reputable breeder for your new puppy. Um, There was just so much information last week that we could not fit it into one episode. So we are doing a part two today. Um, So last week, Mackenzie gave us some really great information on how to choose a reputable breeder. And today we're going to dive into what you might experience when you are picking out your puppy. So Mackenzie, without further ado, first question. So I'm going to go, I've already, I've got a breeder. I am going to pick out my puppy. What do I need to keep in mind when I visit the breeder and what should I be looking out for? So the first thing is, is your breeder should have an idea on the lifestyle that you live. So if you are an active person or an active family, uh, they will most likely be tying you to a puppy that is a little more active in the litter. Um, Breeders are really good at this. They're, um, well, good breeders are very good at this, about choosing uh, which puppy, you know, potentially makes the most sense for your family. So i.e. I'm going to a breeder and I camp a lot and I'm very active and I want to do dog sports. So maybe they'll tie me to a puppy who is a little more uh, inquisitive and and willing to please. So uh, that's something there. Um, but other things to look out for are where the puppy lives itself. So how clean is their facility where these puppies have been whelped and raised? Um, Where do the adult dogs live? Uh, Do they live outside in kennels? Are they inside in a clean environment? Do they live in a barn? Um, You know, sometimes that's okay, but as long as the facility is clean, um, that's really what matters. So like, i.e. you're wanting a Siberian Husky or like a, a Malamute, like if they live outside, that's probably okay. As long as they're healthy and comfortable, that's really what matters. So kids, for those who might not know, um, can you talk about what the term whelping means? So you said where puppies are whelped and raised. So some people might not be familiar with that language. Can you um, share with us what that actually means? Yep. So whelping is the actual birthing of the puppies. So where were they born? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Were they born on the person's bed? Were they born <laughs> in an appropriate whelping box? Were they born um, in, outside in a barn again? You know, it's uh, it, these are all really important things. Um, after puppies have been whelped, there is some, um, you know, some steps to take uh, for the mother. So like replenishing calcium and things like that, um, that are very important. And if the breeder is nowhere to be found after puppies are whelped, then that's not necessarily a great breeder. Um, the adult mother obviously needs to be healthy in order to raise her young. So um, that is one piece there. The next piece as the puppies get older is how are they socialized? So, um, does the breeder have children in the home? Does the breeder have children come visit? Does the breeder have individuals come visit? Um, does the breeder, um, allow people to come visit before puppies have been, um, vaccinated, you know, things like this. So, uh, it is okay to visit puppies and when they're at a younger age, just as long as you are yourself are clean and don't bring in like dirty shoes and things like that. Uh, cause some dog diseases, IE like canine distemper can be brought in, uh, via shoes. Um, so as long as you're, you know, careful, the breeder again should know all of this before entering, uh, where the puppies are. Um, but yeah, Children, loud noises, you know, even like environmental things. So a lot of breeders will set up little jungle gyms for their pups. They'll set up little, depending on the time of year, obviously, but might set up a little pool to see how the puppies do in water, you know, just more like stimulation for the puppies to get used to, uh, when they leave their litter. Um, so those are very, very important things. Um, yeah, the puppies themselves should be alert, mobile, inquisitive, and friendly. So if you're coming and the puppies look depressed and sad, ugh, that's kind of a red flag right there. So we really want to make sure that these puppies are happy and healthy. Um, have a look at the puppy. Have a look at their eyes. Um, make sure that they're bright and clear. They're not runny. Um, you know, you can see fairly clearly in dog's eyes when there's some sort of, um, infection. So be aware of, you know, eye crusties as I like to call it. <laughs> Marshall so, just forever. I pick eye crust out of his eye every day and he well, hates it. There's different types of eye crusties. If the, if the crust is all the way around in the case eye. everyone is wondering, this is the medical term. Eye crusties. <laughs> Yes. Um, I'm sure your vet will have a better term for it. Well, I'm positive, but, uh, yeah, just the, the eye should be clean and bright and not running. So, um, sometimes, you know, you'll see tear ducts have issues, um, in puppies. So just be aware of that. Mum should also be keeping puppies clean. So that's something else. Um, this also has to do with the nose as well. So make sure the nose is moist, my favorite word, <laughs> and make sure it's not uh, dry and cracked, caking, things like that. Uh, make sure the puppy is not having difficulty breathing. This is very important with uh, brachiocephalic breeds. So flat nose breeds, i.e. pugs and bulldogs, French bulldogs, um, bull mastiffs, um, you know, breeds like that. So just make sure that the, the puppy is breathing okay. Okay. Um, gums again, just going down the list here, make sure they're healthy and pink. If they look white, that means, well, it could mean a number of things, malnutrition, um, dehydration, et cetera. 
And then uh, the last one is look at the puppy's bum. Um, so just make sure that the bum is clean. Again, this is mom's job to make sure puppy's bum is clean until they're about seven-ish weeks old. Um, but just make sure that there's no signs of like diarrhea or any sort of, um, you know, whatever else could come out of there. <laughs> not gonna say um but yeah anal gland leakage things like that just make sure everything is clean and then last big big one to check is the fur so look for fleas look for flea dirt or flea dung um have a really good look through your puppy um ask questions to the breeder if you see anything again your breeder should be more than happy to answer any sort of question you throw at him or her um so just ask away. Um, it doesn't hurt to ask if you, if you see something, um, those are all super good tips, I guess. So if let's say you see a puppy and you notice any one of these many things, would you just recommend kind of, um, inquiring with the breeder about, you know, why does the puppy have crusty eyeballs? Yes. So again, your breeder should be, you should be able to tell if your breeder is being um, genuine or not. Um, but when in doubt, ask for a vet check. So um, breeders will take their puppies to the vet at certain ages um, for their shots. So make sure that you're checking in to say, okay, like what did the paperwork or what did the vet say? And if you have any further questions, ask what vet they go to, get their phone number, give them a call. But if, but see, for me personally, if I felt my breeder was not being, um, honest, I would move on to the next. So, uh, it's, it's a sad truth that, you know, some individuals like to hide the truth, but sometimes that does happen. Um, especially when it comes to a sick dog, they don't like to admit that, um, they're in the wrong, which is human nature for a lot of people. So, and then I'm guessing if you were to go, um, to see a breeder and you're visiting with some puppies, potentially picking one out and you see a lot of red flags, so you get in there and you're like, this feels really bad. I don't think these puppies are being cared for. Um, I'm guessing that that is something that you would probably want to report to your local humane society. Correct. So you can report it to a few places. Yes, um, the humane society. Um, you can also report it to the bylaw. Um, you can report it to the Canadian Kennel Club. So again, this is if they're registered or claiming to be registered purebred dogs. Uh, the Canadian Kennel Club should do something about it, whether that's revoking their um, Kennel Club um, registration or um, doing a further investigation with, um, you know, authorities. So, uh, that has happened in the past. Um, and, uh, unfortunately I, I don't think that's going to go away anytime soon, but, uh, those are three, uh, three spots where you can, uh, definitely, you know, raise a flag to, and just hope something gets done. It's very difficult, uh, sometimes with, um, animal welfare, but, uh, you know, me, myself, if I saw it and I didn't report it, I couldn't live with myself. So, um, yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> 
All right. Well, thanks, Ken's. That was a lot of really great information. So we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back to chat further about some spicy topics in the reputable breeder space. So be right back. episode of the Dog Friendly KW podcast is brought to you by Terrible Toby's. Terrible Toby's is KW's newest locally owned pet store located inside the Krug Street Plaza in Kitchener. A new unique store, Terrible Toby's lets animals and their humans gather, shop, and meet other animal lovers. Follow Terrible Toby's on Facebook and Instagram for updates on their new space. Welcome back to the Dog Friendly KW podcast with your host Justine and Mackenzie on Midtown Radio KW. So we have been talking about choosing a reputable breeder. So we're going to get right back into it. And we really only have one major question for the second half of today's episode. Um, And my question is kind of spicy and it might ruffle some feathers, but you know, we love to ruffle feathers around here. So Ken's, my question is, are there particular breeds of dogs where there tend to be more unreputable or unethical breeders? Um, and what breeds are they? And why do you think we see this happen in that space? Okay, so the answer is yes. Unfortunately, we see unethical breeding everywhere, and that's just not in dogs. That's in animals in general. It it happens, you know, human controlled. So humans can be shitty sometimes. I'm not going to lie. What? (laughs) No. So, okay. I'm going to say this. There are a lot of fad breeds out there. So there are breeds that become popular. They come and go. Um, And when this happens, we see a rise in breeders picking up these breeds and choosing to breed them for money. Supply and demand. You got it. So with this being said, I am going to name a few breeds um, or groups of breeds that tend to fall into this. And then I am going to just dive into, um, again, I'm focusing more on like a purebred um, perspective. However, this can go for any sort of breed out there. Um, But yes, what commonly we see mostly today in today's world that are leading to more unreputable and unethical breeding practices are breeds like pocket bullies. I'm calling it out. I'm doing it. The the types of breeders that get their hands on them just um, tend to breed for, for, again, just supply and demand. There's no breed standard for these dogs and um, there's no, you know, governing body of what these dogs should look like. So there it's a free for all. 
Um, this goes in the purebred dog world too. So we see lots of dogs that go, come and go, um, you know, we see, you know, French bulldogs, French bulldogs are always popular and we see a lot of breeders just picking them up and, um, not realizing that French bulldogs have a lot of problems when it comes to, uh, delivering puppies. Them 99.9% of all French bulldog puppies are bred by via cesarean, uh, or whelped via cesarean. So, uh, there are a lot of work. Um, and really, the, yeah, the, their pelvis, canals are way too narrow. Uh, this goes for English bulldogs or bulldogs in general as well. So, um, yeah, we see that a, a lot and, uh, they breed off colors. So off standard colors. Um, so that is again, um, not breeding to the breed standard. They're breeding just for supply and demand. Um, and then it, the funny thing is, is that these dogs are going for like tens of thousands of dollars where you can buy a reputable ethically bred Canadian kennel club, French bulldog for like a quarter of the price that has all its health testing done, et cetera. So it just blows my mind. Yeah, Kenson, I was just going to say, I think this was something you were going to talk about, but the, this conversation is just reminding me of our adopt and shopped episode where we really unpacked, you know, what the world of breeding really looks like. And, um, I think what you were going to talk about was how, um, dog breeders are often, you know, grouped into one category instead of it being um, segmented into um, these are responsible and ethical breeders who care about dogs and they care about breed preservation, which I know is something you wanted to touch on today too. Um, we're putting them in the same category as these people who use dogs as a money machine um, and don't take care of them and really are just supporting overpopulation um, and leading to more dogs in shelters and more dogs not having homes. So it's just, yeah, this whole conversation is just linking me back to that episode. So if you haven't listened to that episode yet, definitely go back and give it a listen. It's one of our favorites we've done since starting the podcast. Um, and it definitely opened my eyes as somebody who really is into the rescue world. Um, it gave me a new perspective for sure. And I'll just follow up with that. Just saying while reputable dog breeders are working hard to uphold breed standards and protect these dog breeds that have been around for potentially tens of thousands of years. Um, they're protecting them structurally, physically, temperaments, uh, you know, that we purebred, ethical, responsible breeders want to keep these breeds alive. And unethical sources are focusing, again, only on making profit off of their animals, which again, I just, I've said this a few times already, just breaks my heart. So it's critical for us as consumers, essentially, because that's what we are, um, to, to really do our due diligence and to really, you know, be aware of these red flags and, and to know that it's, it's on us to do the research and, um, just, and you're helping a breeder who's doing the right thing by purchasing one of their dogs. So yeah. I will you're say voting that. With, you're voting with your dollar, right? When, when you choose to support a rescue or support a reputable breeder, that is where your money is going. It's going to support dogs who need a home or it's going to support breed preservation and the health of that particular breed, which is amazing. So vote with your dollar. But 
Thanks for sharing, Kans. That was a lot of information on a very spicy question. I think you handled it very well. Um, well, thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. So we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back with one of our favorite segments, Willa or Won't Ya? It is now time for the segment that I love. It's near and dear because of its name, (laughs) but also it's just a great segment. It is Willa or Won't Ya. Willa, come. Come, 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 come. No, wrong dog. No. Hey, Willa, where's Bryce? Yes. Yes. Thanks, Cans. In this segment, our um, wonderful producer, Matt, joins us. You'll get to hear his voice um, to poll us as to whether we will or won't do or partake in something. So welcome, Matt. Hi, Justine. Hi, Kenz. Hello, Matthew. Rob Holt. Now I have to. I have to say here, um, we've had some new sound effects these past couple weeks. And uh, how would you rate those sound effects, especially for this new Willa or Won't You segment? Eleven out of ten. Always. Yes. All the sound effects are eleven out of ten. You know what? I picked these ones out specifically, and I, one of my future uh, priorities, Ken's, is to get a, the sound of Willa. Uh, barking to get a little bit of a Willa, uh, Willa in our Willa or Won't You segment. I can do that. She knows how to speak. Well, we're on it. <laughs> can Willa say Willa though? That's the true question. No. <laughs> Straight up, no. All right. Well, Justine and Ken's, I got a couple of spicy Willa or Won't You questions for you here. Are you ready to get into the first segment of Willa or Won't You for season four? Yes. Always. Let's go. Let's. Let's do it. Scenario number one. Willa or won't you ever consider buying a dog from a non-CKC certified breeder? No. Well, won't you? I won't, I won't do that. But what if it was a UKC registered breeder? So there's the CKC Canadian Kennel Club, AKC American Kennel Club, and UKC United Kennel Club. Those are the three like main parties. There's a few others, but those are the three main kennel clubs in North America. Now there's, let's say I wanted a Silken Windhound. A Silken Windhound is not Canadian Club registered, but they are United Kennel Club registered. As long as they are registered somehow and again the the correct or proper uh, OFA and health testing has been conducted then my answer is yes I would Willa Willa with a lot of caveats correct 
So gotta be registered, but I'm hearing that, Justine, are you switching your answer, your Willa as well? I think. I'm still on the fence if I would ever get a bread dog or if I would just stick to rescues. It's a tough one. I think, yeah, it's, a t it's something I've been wrestling with. Um, but yeah, if I were to get a bread dog, I would if they, they would have to be registered with a kennel club and they would have to kind of check off all the other boxes we talked about today and last week. So Willa, but with all of those kind of like asterisks. Okay, Willa with large asterisks. Yes. I'm gonna, we're going to put you down for those ones. I am going to say this for our listeners. Um, even if you are looking at not getting a purebred dog, the health testing piece still comes into play. So if you're looking at purchasing a dog that is a mix um, of some sort or is not registered, always ask for the health testing. If health testing doesn't exist, run. That is my advice. Okay, good advice at that as well, Ken's. All right, are you ready for scenario number two? Willa or won't you consider adopting or buying a toy breed or non sort of natural uh, breed of dog? Well, hold on. Okay, this question is funny, Matt. Okay, you gotta, you gotta help me out. Walk me through it if it's not phrased <laughs> properly. So, toy breeds are technically. They are human made, yes, but they, again, thank you to reputable breeders, have been um, bred to be the healthiest they can be. Um, I know a lot of breeds like Pekingese get a lot of slack. Pekingese is a small, furry looking, I hate to say this, I'm sorry, all these Pekingese lovers out there, good for nothing little dog. Uh, they're called, um, they're called like, carpet dogs because they just scoot along the carpet and do not a whole lot else. Um, they were still bred for purpose. They were bred for um, keeping a Chinese emperors warm. They're a Chinese breed and that's what they were bred for. So, you know, they are still, they are still real breeds that were just bred to be a very specific way temperament-wise and looks-wise. So it sounds like you're saying Willa with, again, many, many asterisks after the end. Yes. Also, it sounds like you're saying that I need to, to phrase my question slightly better. No, your question is a good one. It's just, uh, it's just a funny one. <laughs> so, okay, I, I don't like little dogs. A lot of people don't like little dogs. However, a toy dog doesn't, or a little dog cannot be a toy dog. Most of our terrier breeds are little dogs. Okay, so Matt, my answer is no. Won't, I won't, I won't. So Justine is saying won't ya, and Ken's is saying willa with like 30 asterisks. <laughs> all right, well, let's move on because, uh, you know, we could get into all those asterisks, but we only have half an hour here. Our last one, we're moving away from the breeding theme. And my question is, willa or won't ya be getting your pups anything for Valentine's Day this year? Ah, uh, well, I'll answer first. I willa. Uh. <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, which is funny because I don't celebrate Valentine's with humans, but uh, I, I will with my dogs. Um, and that's because uh, we are planning a little Valentine's Day event. Um, so stay tuned for details on that. But at that event, I will 100% be purchasing my dogs Valentine's Day little gifties. All right, Willa for Ken's. Um, so I am probably a Wumcha simply because this week is really busy and the likelihood that I'm going to a store to buy Marshall a gift is pretty slim. Marshall also has about 14 toys. Um, we get him these Bowser boxes and every time they come with these like large super chewer toys that last forever. So now we have collected this like bucket of toys and Marshall only likes like three of them. So I open the bucket for him and he now gets to pick which one he wants instead of them being scattered all over the house. So the short story is my dog has too many toys and we have a lot of treats right now. So he's all good. Maybe I'll make him a special little Kong treat. Oh, you know what? I think that might still count as a Willa then if you're going to make a special. All right, it's a Willa. I'm going to make him a DIY Valentine's Day gift. Sounds good. So we got uh, a unanimous decision on that one. Two Willas, Ken's and Justine. That brings us to the end of our three Willa or Won't You scenarios. Thanks for having me on the podcast, and I'll let you wrap it up. So you've been listening to the Dog Friendly KW podcast, and today, if you've been listening, we have been talking about choosing a reputable breeder. So before we wrap up today, Mackenzie, if you could leave everyone with one piece of advice on this topic, and I'm looking at our, our plan for this podcast, and this looks like multiple pieces of advice, but I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. One piece of advice on this topic. What would you say? What is your golden advice? So my advice would be this. It would be no matter what type of puppy you're looking at getting uh, is to ask good questions to choose a breeder that you like, somebody who seems genuine, authentic, and has the knowledge to back it up, and um, somebody who will be able to, you know, answer any question you have throughout the life of your puppy. And this goes for rescues too, right? Not every rescue is the gold star. Like, make sure you are working with a business or an organization that you really trust. Um, I think it's important on both sides. Well, that's a great place to wrap today's episode up, Ken. So we really hope that you feel confident in selecting a breeder for your next dog. Um, and we hope you learned a thing or two about the reputable breeding industry. So thank you for listening to the Dog Friendly KW Podcast. And we will talk to you next week. Till then. Bye. A Block Sheep Audio Podcast. Bye.